Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. But when it goes up your bum, to say that like the feeling of being desperate for a poo is instantaneous does not do it justice hello and welcome back to test tube baby if you are new to the podcast thank you so much for joining along and please do click that little subscribe button because it really does help us out christ you're sprightly today i don't know, I just, you know what? I just had a can of coke but it was all it was caffeine free and sugar free so it was basically a no fun it's can just of water coke. yeah but brown yeah. water oh lovely i had a I had a pit of bread as well maybe that I, there's no reason for me to be energetic right now Today, just, just uh, springing your step. Doing my favourite thing, that's what it is. So, my name is Miranda Burns, and over there, <laughs> who partook in a slip and slide this morning, is Tristan Hall. Do you want to explain to everybody uh, what happened? Well, we were looking at the garden. We're staying at a holiday house um, in a place just outside Stansted Airport, and the garden lends itself perfectly to doing outdoor things, right? It's absolutely bloody massive. It is a big garden. The front garden is like the size of a football pitch. The back garden is less so. Do you reckon it's actually the size of a football pitch? Right, I kicked a rugby ball, and it took me like two, maybe two kicks to get the length of it. And I can normally do a rugby pitch in about two and a half. (gasps) So it is big. More or two. So yeah, it's absolutely massive. Anyway, (laughs) the back garden has a slight adverse grow up it's like <laughs> adverse camber um which means that there's a, a a slope to it and so me myself and my two brother me <laughs> me, <laughs> me myself well, and i, I <laughs> myself and my two brother-in-laws decided we would get a slip and a slip and slide you're so, struggling sorry today. i've had my beans and you're just here like i yeah, don't know what i'm doing uh we decided we go and buy a tarpaulin uh, that we then cut in half to make a 20 meter long slide <laughs> which we then covered in soap and water we realized that that wasn't quite slippery enough so we then covered it in an entire bottle of tresemme uh air, air conditioner air conditioner <laughs> jesus christ air what have air. you been saying all day about tresemme Professional affordable. Yeah, that's the one. I feel professional and affordable today. Tristan um, has been saying since this all went down that his legs feel so moisturised and slippery. And that is because... Well, this is the crux con- of it. You've conditioned your leg hair. I conditioned my entire body because I probably slid down it about 20 times. All you were wearing were some little swimming trunks as well. Well, and also, everyone who listened to this, who's listened to episodes before, will know that I gained a lot of weight. Aww. So these skimpy little shorts, <laughs> I, I honestly look like a chick. I look like I work in Hooters. <laughs> Actually quite sexy. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, you left absolutely nothing to the imagination. Once it got wet and soapy, you could see it all. And also, I feel like the the water and the soap, it created sort of like a suction effect. So it kind of looked like we'd vacuum packed you a little bit by the end. What a day it was, though. I mean, so yeah, Tris is just very happy with his uh, homemade slip and slide. So wherever you are, we hope you're having the best day, whether that is England, Scotland, Ireland, Australia, France, South Africa, Argentina, Latvia, the Netherlands, America, Guatemala. There are loads of other really cool places, but I'm afraid I haven't checked the list. Naughty Miranda, terrible, must do better. So I will double check for it. If you're listening to this and you think you live in an obscure country, bear in mind we're from the UK, so... Everywhere that isn't Europe is obscure. Um, (laughs) Please let us know because I would love to be able to list who you are, where you're from and how you're listening. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, actually message us on Instagram at TestTubeBabyPod. Talking about Instagram messages, we actually did get a request for Tristan to do an impression. If you listened to last week's episode, you'll know that he went on an an Andy Murray hype. He was doing a Scottish tennis player impression for a a substantial amount of the podcast, actually. Uh, And we put it to you if you had any requests. Well, guess what? Someone actually requested something. So that's coming at the end of today's episode. If you're new to our podcast family in Test You Baby, we chat through all things IVF and our current pregnancy, which as it stands, is at 22 weeks. Tristan, thank you so much for miming that to me because sometimes I do forget to count. It happens to the best of us. In true Tristan and Miranda style, there'll be a whole lot of tangents, more than one euphemism, and inevitably we'll expose and embarrass ourselves. Tristan has already done the former of that this morning when he exposed himself in his little tiny shorts. Now, today's episode, uh, I think, hopefully, is going to be really, really useful. It's called questions to ask at your first IVF appointment. Uh, We've covered a lot of different things uh, about IVF, I should bloody well hope so, considering the whole podcast is centred around it. Um, And so we may well have answered some of these kind of in, I don't know, like previous episodes. But the idea is to give you a concise, specific list of things that you want to tick off when you go into that first appointment. Because fertility treatment is daunting, the process is intimidating. I know I find it intimidating. I found it exciting. Like I thought it was cool, but I also was never very good at science. Definitely not chemistry and biology at school. So it was not my forte. So yeah, you want to be asking the right kinds of questions because you also need to be choosing the right kind of clinic. There are loads of different fertility clinics all across the world. Uh, some private, some uh, NHS, if you're in the UK, all over the place. So when you go for that initial consultation, it's really important that you get the vibe of the place you understand what they're about and then you can make an educated and informed decision so yeah we are equipping you with the tools to ask those questions to find the right place i'm you so smashed that. oh my god i think that's the best presenting i've ever done Literally, <laughs> i had no notes nothing i was just like i'm in the zone i'm just so proud of myself i'm a little bit aroused are you yeah. why have you got your shorts on i have got my shorts on no the swimming shorts Oh, my skimpy hooters shorts. Yeah, hubba hubba. I wanted to bring in the punters. <laughs> They're not only fans of my swimming shorts. The only people that bore witness to this were your family members. Yeah. So. And that's testament to how great I looked. <laughs> because Don't. everyone could, none of them could take their eyes off me. In the, not, not in, in, in a sort of I also, also I want, I want to say that, you know, is it called an enema? Yeah. Right. So have you ever had an enema? No, I haven't. But I, I feel have. like I gave myself one today. <gasps> oh. My myself. 
and and my two brother-in-laws were sliding down the slip and slide together and we're on a hill we'd moved the slip and slide now by this point and we decided that we would go down together however anyone who's ever run water down a hill will understand that the water will pool at the bottom of said hill and i went down literally ass first into this puddle legs legs akimbo and gave myself an enema with nice tresemme water my colon is absolutely spotless right now did you go for a number two afterwards no do you know what actually happens when you do an enema trip? Because I feel like I, I'm, I'm, I'm using it as a as a means of. I, well, I, I, as somebody who's gone through quite a few enemas, I'm offended that you're just trivialising what is quite a stressful experience. All right, you cannot start that without <laughs> explaining. Sorry, guys. I know this isn't part of IVF, but I'm just interested. Go on, enema. Talk to me. Okay, so. When I was much younger, I had all kinds of health problems. I say when I was much younger, here I am at 27, still ill all the time. Um, but I got, I basically got diagnosed with chronic constipation, which was absolute nonsense. I was not chronically constipated. I had a whole heap of other problems, didn't I? Endometriosis. Hmm, yeah, who's laughing now? Not me. But it meant that doctors kept giving me like laxatives and stuff. I was so little when this was going on. Like, I, f- I feel like someone, someone needs to be paying me money as some kind of compensation because it wasn't very enjoyable. But my mum would take me to our local hospital. I can't believe I'm literally admitting this on the podcast. I don't think I've ever spoken openly. Do you even know this story? I've I, I heard rumours of it. But oh, well, basically, murmurs. you have to go, you have to be admitted for like a little day case and you have to lie on a bed. And a poor nurse has to come in and they put something up your bum. And I'm not entirely sure what it is because I didn't want to know because ignorance was bliss when it came to this kind of thing. But when it goes up your bum, to say that like the feeling of being desperate for a poo is instantaneous does not do it justice. Like, you know, if you're about to lose all control for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it feels like. But you have to keep your legs crossed. You have to keep it in. I think it was for like 15 minutes. I'd be there sweating. How long does it take to get it in? Not the the nozzle. I mean the the, the fluid. Um, Don't get it confused with irrigation, which is different. Colonic irrigation is different. Yeah, That's when you pump like water up. This was like some kind of stimulant or something. I don't know. I think it didn't take long to put it in. She put it in quite quickly. Probably in within about 25 seconds, if that. Oh, but then you had to sit with it in. Yeah, so you had to sit with it in for 15 minutes, roughly. Right. This is all from memory, by the way. I'm not a doctor. And then, oh, I don't even know if I want to say this at the podcast. I don't know if I should be saying it. And then I you just... have to go go to the toilet and just yeah, relieve yourself. You can't just go to the toilet. Why? You have to put it, you have to do it into sample pots. <clears throat> so. How big is the sample pot? Massive. A sample bucket? Yes, yeah, it's, it's like a bucket. You know, oh. I'm literally describing this to you. I'm regretting it as I did. I was a child. Okay, I was very young. So, you know when you're in in hospital and you feel sick and they give you that kind of tough cardboard hat. hat, like that, like that, but bigger, and it sits within the toilet. And so... Oh, Every time you filled it, you had to call the nurse and the nurse had to take it away and give you an. How long's the process? How long were you then? Well, I remember it as being hours. I remember just being 
utterly miserable sat on a toilet emptying my guts probably for about like two and a half three hours but it might have been 45 minutes for all i know that's just a day out for you isn't it as a child yeah they used to roll in the television so you'd be able to watch the tv whilst you were doing it sat on the toilet yeah they had like i remember watching do you remember the cramp twins it was a cartoon on nickelodeon there was an episode where one of them was desperate for a number two and all the toilets that he went to were locked where he couldn't get into them and i remember doing my enema watching this episode episode being like all consumed by number two thinking what is my life come to i remember that so vividly anyway if you've got this far in life and you haven't had to have an enema then good for you try and keep it that way if you can <laughs> anyway back to ivf <laughs> oh god So questions to ask at your first IVF appointment. I think the first one, perhaps to start with, which may be the most sensible, is a cost breakdown. Do you agree, Tristan? Because, you know, if you're going privately, if you're paying for somewhere, you need transparency. You have to know how much everything costs and you don't want to be rocking up to a clinic. Like if we'd have gone to one of the really bougie like Harley Street clinics, there's no way in hell we would have been able to afford it. So you want to know as early as possible. Yeah, actually, if you can find out before the appointment, before the consultation, if you can have a brochure sent your way, I feel like that would be so useful. And also find out about any hidden costs. So Mm. for example, you can be told the cost of your manipure if you're on a short protocol which is obviously the main cost you get. So Miranda was on the highest dose, which means we paid the most you could pay for that. However, on top of that, you've then got the cost for other things like your Fermadil, you've got your progesterone pessaries. Now, if they're a clinic who put everything in one bundle, then brilliant. However, they will probably preface that with it could be a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But if you can find out the, the, the kind of general amount that a cycle will cost you, and then add on to that any other little bits you might need. So if it's successful, you'll need to go and get more pessaries. Yeah. If it's unsuccessful, you need to then have a frozen embryo transfer afterwards, and that then costs this much. Yeah. So it's about how much it is, not just for the treatment in the initial egg retrieval and fertilization or ICSI or IVF, whatever you're having. It's then about the costs afterwards. If it's successful... Or unsuccessful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think if they're hiding any of these costs from you or they're not willing to tell you or they're kind of having this attitude of, oh, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, I would run a mile because it can cost an absolute fortune. You need to know exactly where you stand. Where you stand. This is your hard-earned money um, and it's going towards something which will be emotionally draining. The last thing you need is to be like caught unawares with a financial burden as well, if you can. So yeah, that's the first thing I would say. And if they are a good clinic, they should send you over a breakdown before you even step through the door. When you receive your breakdown as well, I would ask for advice on what different things mean because we had an A4 sheet that was crammed with loads of different information about what certain costs were. I still see that in my dreams, that sheet of paper. And and I reckon only about 40% of it actually applied to us. Yeah. So make sure that they explain what every single thing means and then at what point you might need that thing because it might be that you are like us and you need kind of 40 percent of it but if you're a slightly more complicated case uh-huh. or if there's more going on or if there's more cycles and everything those costs easily rack up now that just beautifully segues into my next point that i want to make <sighs> it's like we're just a little dynamic duo isn't it? oh we should get married i feel like you and i are a great team it's funny because we are getting married it is, that's why it's funny next question 
Do you tailor IVF treatments for each patient and their specific needs? So everybody is different. It goes without saying the inside of your body is going to be slightly different from the inside of somebody else's body. They may need tests that you don't need. You may need tests that they don't need. There is a lot going on. One of the most obvious uh, kind of differences is IVF versus ICSI, which we've talked about at length. But in short, IVF is when you just kind of mix the sperm and the egg together and hope for the best, hope that they fertilize. And ICSI is when you inject the head of the sperm into the egg uh, manually. And this is something that we spoke a lot about in the early stages of our podcast. Mm. But I'd like to come back in about it. Because before we were quite negative, I think, towards ICSI, weren't we? Oh, yeah. Because we were like, IVF, obviously it's not natural, but it's a more natural seeming process right because you're just mixing things together there's no intervention we call that like um we describe it as like the cocktail shaker don't we yeah exactly in the cocktail shaker shake it up and they do their own thing ICSI like you said however you inject the sperm into the egg so we were going into IVF or ICSI whatever it was going to be thinking right worst case we end up with ICSI we really don't want that to happen so we're going to do everything we can to make my sperm the best quality it can be so we can do IVF not ICSI yeah however we ended up as you would have heard doing ICSI um and you know what I'll say it now I think that what we were saying about ICSI having now had a positive pregnancy test Mm. and now being 22 weeks pregnant with a heartbeat with everything going absolutely fine touch wood oh my god touch Touch wood right now I think we were wrong mm, yeah. to think that. I think we were prejudiced, weren't we? What? I think we were, no, we, we were predisposed. Someone at some point must have said to us that if you do ICSI, there's a chance of damaging the embryo. And I think what happened is we latched onto that piece of information and then we just painted ICSI in this really negative light. So we were always rooting for IVF. Actually... I think we're a wonderful shining example of how ICSI can give you four or four, four fertilized eggs, if you know they're mature eggs. And then we got three really healthy embryos at the end of it. So actually, our statistics are banging for ICSI. So now I feel like, yeah, maybe we, we should do a little bit of a U-turn. I'd hate for anybody to worry thinking, oh no, I've done ICSI. That means I'm, I'm not in as bad a situation as somebody who's done IVF. I think there's a correlation, I've read it somewhere, between... ICSI and negative pregnancy test results or miscarriage things like that but it's not due to the process oh yes oh my god yeah 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 yeah. it's more likely to be due to the quality of the sperm they're using which is why they have to be really careful about selecting the best quality sperm which is why they did ICSI in the first place that's the thing if you're if you're doing ICSI it's because the materials that you're working with are not as good as maybe they could potentially be that was our situation we had no choice we had to use ICSI so if that embryo then down the line fails it's not necessarily because ICSI was involved it's because the starting point before ICSI was even breathed was even spoken about was already kind of an issue so if you're on the cusp of doing IVF or ICSI regardless of which one you do I think the chances of something going wrong will not be affected by whichever one you choose Mm -hmm. if you are a definite ICSI there's nothing you can do about it if you're a definite IVF there's nothing you can do about it if you're in the middle if ICSI's the better option, but only by a little bit, mm-hmm. and you're worried, I don't think it's as bad as we thought it was initially. Yeah. In fact, it's more likely that they are 
on a level playing field when yeah. it comes to successful pregnancies after having the treatment. And at the end of the day, you just you need to trust the scientists and the consultant and the embryologists that you're working with because they're going to do what's best. Like they, they want this treatment to be successful for you. I mean, we've, we've spoken now about IVF and ICSI, but there's other things to take into consideration. Like, for example, a polycystic ovary diagnosis or an endometriosis diagnosis, all these kinds of things. You want to know that the clinic that you're going with has a good understanding, a good grasp of these kinds of conditions and will tailor your treatment to suit them. So for example, in our case, when I had my egg retrieval, my egg collection procedure, I was given precautionary antibiotics. And that is because Mr. B, our consultant, uh, he knew my body, he knew my situation and my medical history. And he was like, Miranda is really prone to um, issues with her ovaries and infections and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to give her antibiotics ahead of time, just in case, so that we can catch anything before it becomes nasty. You want a clinic that's going to have that kind of initiative. Okay, you, do, you, you want to know that they understand your personal situation because no two IVF journeys are going to be the same. Um, so yeah, you really need to feel heard and listened and get it all out on the table. This is what we're dealing with. Can you accommodate for that? Okay, next question that I want you to make note of. Is there a waiting list or am I going to be given a specific date for when my cycle will start? because we've spoken about this so many times in the podcast, so I'm not going to reiterate it. Um, But yeah, we obviously had a bit of kind of, it was a little little bit up in the air, wasn't it, as to whether our cycle was going to start on in March or in April. And if you can avoid that kind of stress, personally, going from our experience, I would say you want to kind of avoid it. Now, I know of women who literally are given like a date. Obviously, it depends on their period. But let's say it's the 6th of March. They'll be like, okay, the 6th of March is your date. Uh, We are presuming your period starting on the 6th of March. But if it starts on the 5th or the 7th, that's fine. You just come in. I think that's a much healthier way to approach the whole process because then it's it's like, I don't know. No, no one's going to throw a curveball at you at the last minute. It's like, no, actually, you're coming in earlier or actually you have to come in late. Now, obviously, for us, there was the whole issue of COVID thrown in there as well, oh, yeah. which meant that the number of people they could have on doing IVF at any one time was reduced dramatically, which is why I think we were more worried than we would have been normally. Mm, yeah. So outside of COVID times, make sure you know that the clinic will have room for you. So we called our clinic at the beginning of the week. And at that point, they then said to us, we're not entirely sure right now Mm. because we've just had an influx of women today. However, call us when you probably come on your period later on this week and we might have room. So if you can kind of preempt when it's going to be, give them a call at the beginning of the week and just find out, get the lay of the land from them. You know, it's it's good to know where you stand Mm -hmm. in terms of where you're going to be in two weeks time. Because they don't look at who's on doing the meds at any one time. That's not important. It's the egg retrieval dates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for them looking and saying, okay, we have theatre slots on a Monday, Wednesday and Friday the Monday is all booked up. So anyone who comes to us now won't be able to go in. We've actually now got two spaces on Wednesday and three on Friday. So for the rest of the week, we're going to be okay for a couple of weeks' time. So they have to look ahead and think about what they're going to be looking like during the time that you would need your eggs retrieved. Mm. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, next point, something important that you want to ask. You may feel like you need to be polite and not ask this, but it is your journey and your body and potentially your money. So ask the question, what are their success rates? What are the statistics? How many people go through a successful IVF cycle? But more importantly, how many people have a healthy baby at the end of it? They may well say to you, oh yeah, you know, it's fine. Like we managed to do X amount of embryo transfers. Like everyone gets an embryo transfer. And you're like, okay, well that's great. But I need to know if that embryo turns into a child. So how many people at the end of nine months have a healthy baby in their arms? Obviously, it's really important to know how many people manage to have like a decent amount of eggs collected and all that kind of stuff. But that's that's also very dependent on just you as a person. But um, yeah, I think if you're going to be choosing a clinic, you want to know how good they are uh, doing their job. It's really important for you to know that you're going into it with the best possible chance and do your research, shop around a little bit, find a clinic you like, find a consultant you like, because at the end of the day, they are going to become a huge part of your life. Yeah, make sure you get on with them on like a personal level. Be like you want to try and be friends with them. Yeah, and that's that to us is what we found to be one of the most helpful things because we have so much trust in Mr. B. Mm. Like so much trust in this guy and I think for us we were we were so happy to let him just make all the decisions and yeah. said, you know what, if he thinks something if he wants to bring your egg retrieval forward by 2 days, let him do it because you have such a strong foundation of a relationship friendship even now with him that you allow him to make those decisions that are life-changing decisions but it's all in his hands because he is the one who knows best yeah 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 actually what i would say is there will be a lot of facebook groups instagram pages um i mean even on my page for example i'm always sharing sort of stuff to do with ivf information and whatnot or, or doing question boxes so if you're confused about where to start 
I would just ask at like grassroots level, like just find someone who's using using the hashtag IVF warrior on Instagram. And if they're singing the praises of their consultant, just drop them a message and ask them who they went to see. And I'm sure they'll be happy to, to share that information with you. And if they don't, just ask someone else. There's no harm in asking the question. By that, Miranda also means that if you want to ask us who our consultant is, we will tell you who our consultant oh, is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Baghdadi, the Priory and Edge person. That was our clinic. So, yeah, I just I just feel like um, knowledge is power. And I, when it comes to infertility, we're all in this together. Like, it's a really awful ship to be sailing in. But we're, like, working the sails as one. So, hopefully, anybody that you message is going to help you and give you that information. And I certainly will. If I, I will try my damn well hardest if you message me on Instagram uh, to reply to that message. Tristan already has mentioned the ever important egg collection. Uh, off the back of that, it's probably also very important to mention uh, that not every clinic will do egg collections on the same days. People do them on different days. Uh, let's say, for example, you're hoping to work throughout IVF. We will come back to that. Um, but let's say you're hoping to work. Then that means I'm going to assume that you want to have your egg collection on the weekend, on a Saturday or a Sunday or like a Friday evening. You need to know that your clinic offers that. They may say, nope, sorry, they, we only do them on Tuesdays and Thursdays, which is not going to fit with your work agenda. So make sure that you find out when these big events, when these big procedures are going down, because you need to plan your life. You're busy guy or gal or whatever you, you need to know what you're doing on the subject of egg collection as well it's important to ask them what will go down on the day mm. when you're in a situation where you're already stressed you're nervous you're, of course you're going to be nervous you're going into what is potentially one of the most important days experiences of your entire life you need to know exactly what to expect at every step Obviously, there's an element of it that could change. Like anything, anything medical, things will be thrown in the you know, spanner. Will be thrown in the spanner, thrown in the, the element spanner of in the works. Spanner in the works. The element a wanner in the spurks. <laughs> all the stuff happens. Oh no, a wanner in the spurks again. <laughs> no one needs that. But it's it, you know, it's important to find out how the day will run. So, mm-hmm. what time will you be arriving? What will happen? You know, will 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 you get to do your sample whilst your partner goes down to have her eggs retrieved? Yeah. What will happen with doing a sample? For us with COVID, I was in my room, but if it hadn't been COVID times, I'd have been in a different room doing like a sample. Like it's There's so many little moving parts. And if you can walk into it knowing exactly what's going to happen at every single stage, if you've run it through in your head already, you know, your brain cannot tell the difference between running things through in your head and actually going through them. So the more you run through things in your head, like if you're doing a speech in front of a conference room, you know, yeah, yeah, if you yeah. go into that conference room, stand there and look around and work, okay, you sit in your hotel room and then you run through in your head again exactly what it's going to look like. Your body has already had that that peak of anxiety you're yeah, going to and have. adrenaline. So yeah. it knows what to expect. And it's the same with, with everything, okay? So if you know exactly how that day is going to run from 6 o'clock when you wake up all the way through to 10 p.m. when you go to bed through to the following days when you're waiting to find out how things have gone in the lab, you'll be in a much calmer position and you'll feel much more relaxed, which at the end of the day is what you need when you're going through something like this. Your next question to ask, I said I would mention work. 
do you think I'll need to miss any work? <laughs> okay, because like I said, you, you know, you're going to have to plan. There is a lot that can go down and we don't want anyone as in the spurks. Is that how you said it? One is in That's the exactly sp- what I said. There yeah. you go. We don't want anyone as in the spurks. So you need to let your boss know uh, if you're self-employed, you need to take things into consideration. Like, oh, I can't work on X, Y, Z. You need to know if you have to take time off. I was actually chatting to a lady who felt, this is this makes me so sad. She felt uncomfortable talking to her boss about IVF. Um, and so I think she just told him that she was going on holiday for two weeks. And I was like, what kind of boss have you got that you don't feel comfortable sort of sharing that information, which is really sad. No one should feel ashamed and no one should feel like they're a burden in any way when it comes to these kinds of things. It's not your fault. You didn't ask for it. You're just trying your best. So yeah, I, I would ask them how many days they expect you will need off. And I, when you ask that question, also ask them to take into consideration that things can go wrong or there can be reactions or there can be unforeseen circumstances and how long they would accommodate for those. So for example, there is a condition called OHSS, okay? And this is when your ovaries get overstimulated by all the drugs and it can make you quite ill. And that's an important thing to educate yourself on if you are starting IVF treatment. If you do have a reaction, hopefully touch some wood right now, it doesn't happen. But if you do, you need to know how long they expect you to be poorly for, you know, they might say, well, typically, women tend to be ill for about five days afterwards, we have seen some cases last for 10 days. It's just important to know that kind of information. You also need to know whether they're going to look after you if you get OHSS. There are some clinics who won't look after you, they will just send you off to A&E. So, all of this has to be considered when you're thinking about the kind of next, I don't know, two months, however long you are planning ahead, all that needs to be considered. So yeah, just ask those questions. Another tip that I think is important is to ask your clinic about emotional support mm. because you know, you can be as positive as you can. Like we were incredibly positive going into IVF. We're doing a bloody podcast about it. We're talking <laughs> about it everywhere. We have colours. Literally, your USP. And we, I think, underestimated the emotional toll it could take on a couple or an individual or whatever. Um, luckily for us, we had each other and we were able to kind of get through it. And obviously, look at us now. Look where we are. But as we said, it is a very emotionally strenuous and challenging time. And it's important to find out if your clinic offer you any sort of emotional support. Now, we found out since doing IVF that our clinic actually do offer counselling and support for people if they need it. Well, yeah, I saw it on the website. I had no idea. But do you know why we we had no idea? Because we didn't ask the question. There you go. So at that first appointment, make sure you find out if they have any support on offer, if they have people, you know, how often you can speak to someone. IVF isn't a a kind of one, two day thing. It's Mm. a several weeks of stress and things. And it's stress at different times. You know, it's it's not, it's constant stress. So is there someone, is there a phone number they can call, be it a nurse you can speak to to settle your nerves, a counsellor who's always on call? Yeah, a 24-7 number, anything like that. You need to find out what their system they have in place is in case you need a little bit more support. Absolutely. Mental health, just as important as physical health. And then the final question, dare I say it? Are we getting to the end of them? I'm sure we'll think of some afterwards and have to do a second episode on this topic. Um, But my final question that I would kind of beg you to ask is, do you need me to take anything prior to starting IVF? So things like supplements. 
our clinic actually didn't recommend anything. And it was quite funny. So we speak really highly about our clinic. I love them. I'm not criticizing at all. Um, but we just happened to start taking lots of various different supplements. We've done a whole episode on that to kind of to help my eggs and Tristan's sperm along. And it was only when I think we were maybe like a week and a half in that one of the nurses said to us, yeah, you're taking your folic acid, aren't you? And I was like, yeah. But I thought, imagine, imagine if I hadn't thought to do that, because you might not think to do that because you've got a lot of other things preying on your mind. So yeah, find out ahead of starting if they expect you to take anything. And also if there's anything that you're already taking, whether they think you should stop ahead of IVF. For example, echinaceas, I used to take those to help my immune system. Turns out they can damage your fertility. I read this somewhere. So yeah, find out if there's anything you should not be taking. That goes for guys as well. So find out in those appointments because chances are you'll have an appointment and then you'll have to wait a while to start IVF. They might Mm -hmm. have to do more tests and things. So you've got a little bit of time to try and improve what you've already got there as a man or a woman. Your lifestyle. Exactly. So find out things that you should start taking if you're a guy. Things you should avoid is important. So obviously the things are like drugs, smoking, alcohol, alcohol, uh, hot balls, all sorts. So (laughs) make sure you find out. Soapy conditioned balls. Exactly. I have honestly they feel incredible are they really soft i'm not gonna feel them not live on the podcast but i'll I'll, you know cup your hands afterwards and i'll just (laughs) drop them in there sorry celia sorry sorry celia yeah (laughs) 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 you need to be so careful because our wedding is happening in a year and people will start putting things in speeches i'm just putting it on there so yeah make sure you find out what you should and shouldn't be doing in the run-up to starting IVF. IVF. Okay, guys, this is the moment you've all been waiting for because we've reached the end of the podcast. Arnie over here is going to take it away. That is it for today. (laughs) If you like what you heard, the best way to support us is to leave a review. He's like Kermit the Frog. I'll do that one instead. After a heavy night out. (laughs) that is it for today if you like what you heard the best way to support us is to leave a review share it with your friends family parents guardians little miss piggies (laughs) whoever it may be and don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts oh i do love i love the muppets why are there so so many songs about about rainbows? rainbows What's on the other side? Mm-hmm. Fun fact, one of my all-time favourite films is The Muppets Christmas Carol. Uh, but yeah, do please get involved. It will make our day. And don't forget, you can see our faces over on Instagram. Miranda.burns. Tristan.hall and Test Tube Baby Pod. Pod, pod for, for podcast. podcast. Stop though. We need to see what we're doing next week because it's a cool one next week, isn't it? Oh my goodness, yeah. So, uh, my sister is a midwife yeah and we are going to take full advantage of the fact that we are with her and use her uh, to create a load of content for you guys all about pregnancy and childbirth and any tips that she can give that she would have given as a midwife yeah oh cannot wait hopefully it's going to be a really really useful really informative yeah really and just also very interesting i love like even before everything i've loved watching things like birth vlogs tristan knows i have a bit of an obsession with them sarah's day the youtuber she's got millions of subscribers oh my gosh her birth vlog is amazing but i've loved watching those anyway yeah so charlie is going to be chatting to us um and then we're going to i was going to say regurgitate no we're going to 
Well, we can regurgitate what she said. We'll reiterate. Yeah, we, we, we will echo what she has said to us. Yeah. And tell you all about it. But until then. Love you. Bye. bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.